both the Fed and the Bank of Canada are doing their quantitative tightening as well. So they are throwing you know, the kitchen sink at inflation. Welcome to ETF Market Insights, a podcast where some of Canada's leading investment experts guide you through the world of exchange-traded funds. Brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. Welcome back to the BMO ETF Market Insights podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Erin Allen, Vice President of Online Distribution with BMO ETFs. And today, I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Alfred Lee, who's Director, Portfolio Manager, and Investment Strategist with BMO ETFs. Today, we'll cover the latest move from the U.S. Fed, policy shifts globally, and what all this means for the economy and, importantly, your investment portfolio, all in 30 minutes. So global central banks continue to really test the resilience of the economy. The U.S. Federal Reserve has just raised their rates by 75 basis points. Alfred, can you comment on what this means for both consumers and investors going forward? Yeah, so you know, definitely another uh, jumbo rate hike by the Fed, um, definitely in line with what we've been seeing globally, or at least in North America with the Bank of Canada. Um, but you know, it's clear that the Fed and the Bank of Canada are clearly prioritizing uh, taming inflation at all costs. At this point, I think several months ago, we could argue that, you know, they were at least trying to balance economic growth with inflation control. But I think, um, you know, after the print that we saw with the CPI out of the U.S. Um, a couple of weeks ago for the month of August, that came in at 8.3%, uh, just ahead of the expectations at 8.1%. Uh, markets seem to react. Central banks kind of look like they're a little bit uh, reacting off of that one print as well. I think the silver lining in all this is that the trend for CPI still continues to go down. Uh, admittedly, however, you know, the core CPI, which I think is the more relevant number, given that it strips out energy and agriculture commodities, uh, which would remain volatile, you know, given that what we see with uh, Russia and Ukraine, um, that after four months of decline is uh, did did go up uh, last uh, month, which kind of did buck the trend. But, you know, I I, I think overall it is a little bit unrealistic to expect inflation to come down in a straight line. Uh, The more important piece of information that came out of yesterday's FOMC meeting was the adjustment of the dot plots, which provides uh, an outlook in terms of what the Fed members are expecting in terms of, you know, what they're voting and in terms of where they expect interest rates to be going forward. So the terminal value of 2023 was what the market was focused on yesterday, which got adjusted for 3.8% to 4.6%. So what that means is that the market or the Fed anticipates the terminal value of the overnight interest rate in the U.S. to be uh, 4.6% to end the year next year. So the likelihood, I think, over the short term is we get some repricing in the markets over the short term. Um, But I think it's interesting to see where we are compared to the pre-COVID highs. So when I look at the TSX, we're about... 6% 6% higher than where we were in early 2020. It's about 11% when I look at the S&P 500. So even though we anticipate volatility to be high over the near term, I think you have to look at everything from a, a long-term lens. And, and as a long-term investor, if you're looking three to five years out, I think you have to start looking at the market and start realizing that there are pretty attractive bargains out there from a fundamental uh, perspective, pretty attractive opportunities, both from the equity market and the fixed income market at this point. Great points there, Alfred, and I guess we're going to get into some of those 
bargains as we go on in this conversation. Um, but investors have heard a lot about consistent inflation as well, along with rising rates and the threat of recession. At what point do we believe that the central banks will slow down or pause their rate hikes? And what is the likelihood of a, a long-lasting recession around the world? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, you know, the narrative with central banks have definitely changed over the last uh, 16 months. Um, we've gone from transient to, you know, right now it seems like central banks are definitely trying to put inflation out at all costs, and they don't want any embers of inflation to remain at all. So I think the danger right now is that, you know, if we see a pause or if we get the central banks to pause their tightening at this point, you know, inflation could reignite, especially with uh, the strength of the job market right now. On the flip side, however, you know, it does take many, many months for higher interest rates to work its way into the economy, which means that, you know, there's no way that they could tell that they've overshot until it's too late. Um, but the likelihood, I think, you know, the, the more important question is, you know, what's the likelihood of a long lasting recession? So um, I think a lot of people are, you know, in terms of the base case scenario, they are anticipating a deeper recession. Um, if I were to put on, you know, just, a, you know, the reasons of, of why I you potentially could look at this a little bit more optimistically is that I think a big part, you know, that a lot of people are discounting or neglecting right now is that, you know, we're going to see a lot of supply side healing uh, potentially over the next coming months with the world kind of moving away from lockdowns. We're no longer going to see any kind of manufacturing disruptions and a lot of the shortages that we've come accustomed to during uh, the COVID years. Uh, we're no longer going to see that, you know, Fed, uh, Fed chairman, Mr. Powell yesterday said that, we aren't seeing any signs of healing. Um, I would um, debate that. However, you know, when you look at used car prices, they are starting to come down. Shipping container costs are also coming down as well. So anecdotally, we are seeing some supply chain uh, disruptions definitely healing at this point. So, you know, on top of that, I think a, a big portion of the boomer generation, they're expected to retire over the next five years, which could add to inflation. But on the flip side, I think if we are seeing all these recessionary forces around us, at least we are seeing a tighter labor market, which hopefully will lead to a more shallow recession or at least not as deep of a recession as everybody anticipates. Good to hear your thoughts around that. Some interesting points now. Uh, central banks have been consistent with their messaging about increasing interest rates for this foreseeable future with their sort of whatever it takes mentality. Uh, what are the impacts on fixed income and equities, and how can an investor position themselves for this? Well, I, I think in the short run, I don't think you know the Bank of Canada or the Fed's tone is going to be a positive for assets in general. Um, you know, with the focus on rate hikes, um, I think we have to keep in mind that you know behind the scenes, the central banks, both the Fed and the Bank of Canada, are doing their quantitative tightening as well. So they are throwing you know the kitchen sink at inflation. So hopefully, you know. Um, you know what the market is is focused on is higher interest rates, but there are there is more going on behind the scenes as well. So hopefully, you know, inflation continues to go down. But I think the way you have to position a portfolio right now is almost you have to separate your portfolio into two separate categories. One is a short-term uh, portfolio where that's going to you know invest in assets that perform well as inflation continues. But the other portion of the portfolio is just looking for areas that are trading at attractive bargains at this point. So you know, for the short-term kind of more inflationary side of the portfolio, I would focus thing on things like, you know, low volatility. So ZLU is um, our U.S. equity low vol ETF that continues to deliver, you know, positive performance or year-to-date. It's had very strong returns versus the S&P 500. ZGI, which is our global infrastructure ETF, that continues to be, 
in strong demand by a lot of our institutional investors. Again, this one has uh, pretty strong returns in the face of inflation year to date. Uh, ZTIP, which is our U.S. short-term TIPS ETF, that's a good way to offset some of the traditional um, risks in the, in the fixed income portfolio, such as duration risk. Um, but on the other side of the portfolio, so the long-term uh, portfolio looking for bargains or areas that are trading at attractive valuations, I think that UQ, you know, quality is one that we talk about often on our uh, weekly podcast. Uh, this is essentially blue chips. Uh, you look at the valuations of quality. It's trading in line with the um, valuations of the S&P 500. So typically, quality trades at a notable premium. So it's a good uh, opportunity to pick up, you know, high quality blue chip stocks for your portfolio um, at a discount. ZEB, which is our equal weight bank ETF. I think, you know, when you look at the banks, they're trading at approximately a 30% discount to the TSX. Um, you know, banks in Canada are, are, you know, very well regulated as well. And sticking on the theme of banks on the fixed income side, uh, ZBI, which is our bank income ETF, uh, that's yielding in the neighborhood of 5.6%, all investment grade as well. And a lot of the bond and the preferred shares in that portfolio are trading at a discount. So as they mature or they get called, you also get you know, that drift towards that par value in addition to the coupon and dividends that you're receiving as well. Uh, the last one I would note is REITs. Um, right now, it is getting cheaper. It was uh, fairly overvalued over the last couple of months, but when you look at things from a price to fund from uh, operation perspective, it is starting to look a little bit attractive at this point. I wouldn't say it's a screaming buy, but it's something to potentially put on the radar at this point. Thanks so much for walking us through your take on the central bank's policy, the markets, and some ideas for positioning our portfolios. I like your way of looking at portfolio construction you know, in two ways, from assets that'll perform well in the short term, like ZGI, ZLU, uh, and those that might be in bargain territory, like uh, ZUQ, ZEB, ZRE, all good options and great insights. So thank you. So this has been the BMO ETFs Market Insights Podcast, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple, and BMOETFs.ca, the BMO Canadian ETF dashboard. Thanks again, Alfred, and thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next time. The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio managers represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice to any party. Investments should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statement that necessarily depends on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance. ETF Market Insights has been brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management.